Hey everyone, thanks so much for tuning in to Steam Up the Classroom. Steam Up the Classroom is a podcast where we talk about education and integrating science, technology, engineering, art, and math into the classroom. I'm Tori Cameron, and I started this podcast in order to learn from the experts of STEAM around me. Each episode, we have a guest on the show from the fields of education, business, nonprofits, or others related to STEAM. My hope for this podcast is to learn something that I can incorporate into my classroom and for you, the listeners, to do so as well. On this episode, we have Aiden Cornelius Bell all the way from Adelaide, Australia. Aiden and I have become friends from hashtag primary STEM chat, the best STEM chat out there in the Twitterverse. Um, and for anyone that hasn't become involved in it, um, or if this is the first episode that you're listening from uh, Steve of the Classroom, then you will soon learn that I love primary STEM chat and I, uh, I bring it up probably multiple times every episode because it's just that amazing. But anyway, it's um, Thursday evenings in Australia. And for uh, for me, which um, I am in the Eastern Standard Time Zone, which is like New York and Boston um, in the United States, it is Thursday mornings, bright and early, 6.30 in the morning. And you know what? It's totally worth it. So, um, <laughs> so anyway, welcome, Aiden. Thank you. As I go on <laughs> I'm my, so excited to be here. Oh yeah, as I um, <laughs> just did like a short little rant about how great primary stem chat is. <laughs> <laughs> it is like it's, it's honestly like um, the you know it's a highlight of my week, especially on Twitter um, in the work that I do. Like it can be um, a little bit isolating to be you know sort of like reading and writing because I'm doing a PhD at the moment, um, and so you know I really look look forward to. Um, the night of primary STEM chat. It's really exciting and it's great to hear what everybody's up to. So, and yeah. of course we get to meet really cool people like you and get these sort of chats happening. So yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, <laughs> it is so cool. And I just, I love being able to just talk to people that I just feel like so connected with, you know, even if it's brand yeah, yeah. new people from the chat, like I haven't met that week or something like that. It's yeah. just, it's so great to have um, people that are, so excited to to incorporate STEM and and um and all of the surroundings um into their classrooms and education and yeah, um it it's just it makes me feel so full and happy yeah. and yeah. like ready to take on the world and try new things and and <laughs> my kids my students the opportunities that I hope will like make a difference in there education so it's nice yeah. to be able to talk to other people that feel the same way yeah it's so good yeah <laughs> all right Aiden so you mentioned that you are going for your PhD so let's hear all about your thesis and I want to hear all about all the work that you've been doing okay so go ahead um, to so, your <laughs> um, so I guess like what I did was I sort of thought about where like my background and how I arrived here um, and so that's the first thing that I thought I might um, cover so uh, when I left school, I started working, uh, like my first like real job, um, was straight out of like high school. Um, I started working for what was then the department for education and children's services. So like our, uh, like state 
education department. Um, and I did a whole bunch of like media production and, and media stuff. So like my big focus back then was like um, video and web design and all of those kinds of things. So I sort of started off with that kind of interest. Um, and I worked for the department for a number of years and it changed names and all kinds of things. Um, and eventually I got involved in a research project that the department was doing uh, with a whole bunch of schools uh, looking at innovative practice, essentially, and researching how innovative practice was working in our schools with our kids and in order to um, sort of derive some principles that would help other teachers out there do some really cool things. Uh, so that was like probably five years out of school I worked in there. And that's where I sort of picked up a passion for education. Uh, and I mean, I've sort of got a bit of a family background, like mum and dad are both uh, I've got that um, that background there. Runs yeah, in the family. <laughs> um, and so then I decided, well, okay, um, I'll change degrees. So at the time I was doing a Bachelor of Media. Uh, and so I sort of pivoted and started doing teacher education. Uh, and I, I sort of stuck with teacher education up until, well, currently, because I mean, the PhD is, is, I guess, kind of teacher education. Um, and I did, yeah. um, so I've, I did an honors project last year, which is like, I'm not sure if there's an equivalent for you guys um but the honors is like a one-year research project um that it's like just focused on research so you work with the supervisor and you find out something that you want to find out about um and then you go and research it so it's like a mini phd um kind of i guess like a master's research project except a little bit shorter um maybe a bit oh. more focused i don't know yeah so i'm not sure if there's like an equivalent um i've heard the term like uh, undergraduate thesis thrown around, but I'm not sure that that's like a research project, oh, yeah. but I don't know. Anyway, so yeah, I did that. Um, and then now I've started a PhD. So this year I'm just sort of in my first year of a PhD um, looking at pressures on teachers and using STEM as like a case study for um, ways that teachers can resist pressures and ways that innovative practice can happen and all of that kind of thing. So that's my like education run, <laughs> I guess. Um, and at the same time, I've done a whole bunch of consulting. Um, I've worked across a whole number of schools. I think it's, I tallied up the other day. It's like 40 schools across the state that I've worked oh my with, gosh. Um, in some capacity. Um, so yeah, like I've sort of had a bit of outreach out there, um, which has been really cool. Yeah. It's really great to hear all the stories. And, you know, again, like plug plug the stem chat you know um you know get, get to talk to people on twitter and and out and about because it's really good to hear what everybody's up to especially from a research headset it's really great to sort of be able to hear what everybody's doing <laughs> so yeah right that's so interesting what made you what made you want to look into the pressures of teaching because i mean i i think it's probably the most calm calming job out there I, there's no stress <laughs> yeah um <laughs> I, it's, I think that for me, it's been hearing, um, hearing people talk about or teachers talk about, um, what's the changes that are happening to the way that they teach and the things that they feel mm -hmm. that they have to do to keep up. And, um, particularly here, one of the things that I've heard quite a bit is like, uh, with like with the STEM rollout like with more and more teachers picking up stem they're like oh how do i fit this in where does it go you know i've got all this other curriculum i have to teach how is it different yeah. so it's not i mean like i wouldn't necessarily say that it's like about stress so much but it's about how teachers adapt to and keep up with all of the things that are happening to them and around them um so it's sort of you know looking at all of these different angles that come in as like pressures and things that they feel they have to do and like the balance between 
like in practice, how you balance what's coming in as new areas of focus um, and what, what you feel like yeah. your kids need and like, how do you, how do you balance those, those pressures? So that's sort of initially where I'm sort of probing at, at the moment. Yeah, no, I think that's so, I think that's, I'm, I really am excited to see what you find yeah. in your research. Cause I mean, I feel like this is a conversation that many educators have just everything that comes down the pipeline of, of what we have to get in just in our 180 mm-hmm. school day school <laughs> yep. days for every year and 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 then also just other types of pressures like you want to to teach the kids mindfulness and or or um or social ways to be social and ways to totally. work in groups <laughs> and um and how to just basically function in society in in acceptable ways and in all sorts of things. And I feel like teaching is not just teaching. It's, it's everything under the sun. It's being a teacher. It's also being a nurse. It's also being a a therapist. It's also being a counselor. It's also, you know, (laughs) there's just so many things. Yeah, totally. Uh, And every, every day is different. Every student's different. Every, I mean, every class period, every, everything's, um, always changing and and nothing ever stays the same, even curriculum wise. Give it a couple years in the curriculum. So it's it's definitely a job that you're continuously growing and changing. Yep. <laughs> and yeah, there, I mean, there's a lot of yeah. pressure coming down. <laughs> merely joking when I said there was no stress. <laughs> so so interesting. Okay, so now what made you want to more focus on STEM? Is it because of the STEM rollout that's yeah, happening uh, I think in Australia? It's, I think like to an extent, Australia's been sort of behind the ball on STEM. Um, there's, I mean, like I don't think it hit US schools particularly until maybe like 2010, 2011. Um, and it's obviously picking up momentum over there, but we, we sort of were late to that party, I guess, in a sense, um, our policy, our main policy sort of, I think came out 2012 or 13, um, and then hasn't really started to make an impact until maybe the last two or three years at most. So we're, um, you know, when I started doing my honors research, it was like a big thing. Like we'd just sort of just found out that, you know, we're going to start doing this more and more. Um, you know, obviously there was, there was pockets of people doing it right. already because people have been doing it for, you know, times for forever really. Um, but yeah, it's, it sort of became like a, well, a national priority and then a state priority to, to look at STEM and how STEM is going to be taught and all of that kind of thing. So it just, it was really topical and it's always really interested me. Um, you know, like my, probably my favorite subjects in school were like the technologies and the sciences. So, um, it just sort of, I don't know, it speaks to me as, as an area that's really interesting. Yeah, I'm, I agree. (laughs) I mean, STEM's amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Um, okay. So, in your research, like yeah. what what are some things that you've found out so far? Okay, can, um, so can you tell I mean, us, or is it a secret? <laughs> well, I don't know about the secret. Um, I've, <laughs> I've I've spoken to I've spoken to like a whole lot of teachers, and I felt really privileged to be able to uh, talk to a whole bunch of people from like across the nation. So, like using the networks like Primary STEM Chat and other Twitter chats, I managed to get in touch with a whole lot of people. So I had a lot of conversations with. A lot of people from all over the place and obviously there are like limitations to what you can do with it uh, and the number of people that you can actually like interview and, and transcribe and what have you. So I ended up right. with uh, four teachers in 
like each in a different school. Um, and like three of those were here in South Australia and one of them was over in Victoria. Uh, and so what I did was look for some of the things that these, so I was looking for exceptional teachers who were really good at teaching STEM and had had quite a bit of experience and, you know, sort of put their hands up as, yeah, I'm confident to talk about this. So um, the idea was to take away some of the things that they were doing and use those as a, well, here's a little bit of the evidence of, you know, a picture of what's happening in a couple of schools, um, in a couple of classrooms mm-hmm. about um, what these teachers are doing. And so I guess what I found was... Um, Pretty overwhelmingly, uh, I went in after the planning, the implementation and the assessment. So pretty overwhelmingly, the planning was done around in Australia. So we have a national curriculum, the Australian curriculum, and the planning was done around yep. the science learning area, the uh, like the technologies, which includes digital technologies and design and technologies. Um, and then maths was sort of there, um, maybe in like a numeracy kind of way, but not really like maths concepts. So um, teachers were really sort of focusing on the science and the technologies, which includes the engineering uh, in their planning, Right. which was, that was like sort of the first interesting thing because obviously like policy and what have you were saying, well, we need to do all of these areas together and they all need an equal focus. Um, and so it's, it was interesting to sort of see that, well, actually there are sort of balances out there about what's what's maybe what's possible and maybe what's um easiest to do and then still sort of teaching maths in a you know in a more normal way or or on its own so that it was more explicit um and then in terms of implementation so the the other thing so i was like obviously going after curriculum and like what goes into these lessons um but then the other thing that i was sort of going after was well how how are you teaching stem because like there's like nationally the encouragement is towards a project-based learning approach. And then each state has actually kind of taken that in their own direction. So for South Australia, we've got a, an emphasis on inquiry-based learning, um, which sort of meshes pretty well for project and problem-based learning. Um, and so that gives you a little bit of flexibility. So here in SA, the teachers that I spoke to um, were all doing, they were all sort of doing a sort of a project-based learning approach or a problem-based learning approach. I mean, those two things are pretty similar. Um, And they were doing like long running units of like sustained inquiry over, you know, a whole, you know, like a couple of weeks at least. So that's, that was, that was interesting um, because that's like meshed with the suggestion of, you know, what we said we were going to be doing. That's what they were doing. Um, and then I spoke to an amazing teacher over in Victoria who I won't shout out because um, I'm sort of bound by the ethics not to say. Um, but <laughs> I know. I was going to ask if it was someone I know, but then I, I remembered from when I did my undergraduate yeah. thesis that you can't tell yeah, who it is. <laughs> they're so great and they need to be out there. But, um, yeah, no, she's very active on Twitter, but, um, you know, I won't, I won't call out who it is. Um, but she was doing, she was doing <laughs> um, whole term units of project-based learning. So the whole class is for the whole term an integrated integrated curriculum from all of the learning areas in our curriculum um, taught through PBL in like a team teaching scenario. So there was like four teachers and they were all, you know, drawing together all of this, all of this curriculum and delivering it as kids doing like sustained inquiry. And that was really, that's like a really incredible sounding um, environment. And so this, the, I was fortunate enough to meet her at um, some professional development here in South Australia 
um, and we got talking and then um, I managed to interview her about her approach Um, and it just so happened that she had had been doing a STEM focused unit at the time so um, she had done you know something on drama and like producing a a big play and you know all of that kind of thing so some really interesting projects but yeah so I guess I sort of found like diversity in in some sense in terms of how long these units were happening for and how it was being taught but some quite big similarities in terms of most of them were drawing on the science and technology stuff um, and most of them were were sort of doing Mm -hmm. a PBL approach to their STEM teaching so yeah yeah, I can, I, just from what I'm, what I've done in my classroom, I, I kind of agree that I definitely focus more on the, yeah. the science and tech part of STEM. It's sometimes it's, I, and it's something I definitely want to work on because I was reflecting on it yeah. <laughs> actually the other day, which is funny. Sometimes when I'm driving, I think about STEM, obviously. Um, but yeah, I was thinking, oh, wow, I need like next year I really need, because our school year is yeah. winding down in within a couple of weeks. And, um, and I was thinking next year, I really want to build up that mm, mm. math part of STEM and, and have the kids do more things like, um, you know, calculating yeah, yeah, the yeah. surface area or, or whatever it is that they're building and, and having more of that, um, the equation part of um, like yeah. engineering maybe or, or something like that. I don't yeah. know. Be interesting. Um, definitely something yeah. to like ponder about over summer. But um, definitely project-based learning. I am such an advocate for PBL. And I was even talking to my kids, uh, my students about it the other day because they were like why are we working in groups um and i said i mean you're more likely to have to work in groups when you go out and and have your careers or or you know move out into the world you're you're much more likely to be working in groups and be working on projects than you are to be um, like taking a test, yeah. you know, <laughs> like when you, when you go to your job, no matter what job it is, the likelihood of, of you having to hand in, uh, um, a test is a lot smaller than if you're given a project to complete by a certain day. Mm. And they were thinking about it and, and they were like, well, give us some examples. And it was kind of funny cause they were, they were suggesting all sorts of different types of careers mm. and really pushing my thinking yeah, yeah. <laughs> on what yeah. these possible careers could be doing but um it was and not not that i am not an advocate for or not a supporter of um you know obviously tests and everything but um just pbl i just feel like that's really bringing in the, in the real life the real life scenarios mm. and and preparing the kids to be able to work with e- um, each other and to be able to learn those skills on on how to work with other people in groups and and come together to to create whatever it is or, or make whatever it is that, um, you know, if it's a problem they have to solve or, mm. or whatnot. Um, yeah. I feel like that's going to be yeah. impactful most. I don't know. Yeah. I, what do you think? I, I think, yeah. I mean, I think that that's, it's PBL is such a good approach in, in that sense because it, it really does tap into that, you know, and I mean, so it's quite, topical at the moment in Australia because we've just had, and I think you might've looked this up the other day, but we've just had these um, education reforms come out. It's called the Gonski reform. So this guy, David Gonski heads this, um, he headed this, he did a, like a version 1.0, which got knocked back because we had a change of government. Um, and then we've got a 2.0, um, which it really emphasizes 
for students, it really emphasizes a skills focus in in their yeah. learning. So making sure that they sort of get those, you know, the critical creative thinking capabilities and the, you know, the, those group work skills and what have you. And I think that those things are absolutely best taught through a PBL approach. So I think, yeah, absolutely, completely PBL all the way, um, especially because it meshes so well with STEM and the real world and the problem solving aspects and getting kids to do the things that they are probably going to be doing when they get a job. If they get a job in right. almost any career, they're going to have to do those things. So yeah, it's right. it's great. Yep. Yeah, it, it, it is so great. And it just, I feel like once, once the kids... I feel like there's a learning curve. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like totally, if the kids haven't totally. had much, much group work before, it definitely is a shocker. Yeah. And, but I think it's like once they get used to it and they start really uh, learning those skills and practicing the skills, I feel like it's just opens all these doors and, and just the difference of projects that we did at the beginning of the year versus the end of the year. It, it's just amazing what they're capable of. And, and um, I'm just, we we're actually having a big convention in my classroom where we're inviting all the parents and everyone in to see awesome. what the kids have been creating for human body yep. systems coming up. And I'm so yeah, excited so because just, I'm, in awe of what they've created and built and uh, I can't wait I can't wait for everyone to see it because I've just been talking about it yeah no, it's great I wish you guys could fly over it and see it um, but all right so let's mm-hmm. move on let's talk the teachers that you talked to in Australia what are they doing with STEM and do they add the yeah. A's do they add the A to create yeah. STEAM um, so I think I think for in Australia, because of the way that our curriculum is structured and each state kind of has a slightly different implementation on the Australian curriculum, but more or less, they all follow it. Um, we, we have to... Yeah, that's kind yeah, of like US. Yeah, exactly. Um, and we, we kind of have to address um, all of those things. And I think that people are more and more, and this is mostly anecdotal, but I think more and more people are finding that the arts definitely plays a really big role um, and that, you know, you see these. You see more and more acronyms um, coming up all over the place, um, which are really, you know, like there's some really cool acronyms out there. Uh, but I think, I think that ultimately, what we're moving towards, and and what the teachers that I spoke to were moving towards, was going back in Australia. We've had sort of waves of having things in discipline silos and then having them integrated, and I think we're sort of seeing with STEM anecdotally, we're seeing a move towards more integrated curriculum. And in doing that, I think, you know, maybe STEM on its own is a way into that. But the, the more people, the more teachers work on, you know, planning these these integrated things, working all this curriculum content together, um, the more they can add in. And so the arts is next things that I think is a, is a big part because it's so easy to add arts to projects so, oh yeah yeah it's it's definitely a, i feel like a lot of people probably are even adding it and they just don't realize it, it totally yeah i mean and and i mean things from all over the place you know even even if you think you're not doing any like even if you think you're not doing any maths kids are using you know numeracy and maths content knowledge to do projects so you know it's it's really interesting trying to make explicit the connection between what they're doing and the, the the skills and the knowledge that they're actually drawing on because it's like, well, actually, you know, we can't really just teach science on its own per se. We can't really just teach technology on its own. Um, you kind of have to right. add those, you know, all those other skills sort of come together in those classes, even if you're just teaching just science. So, yeah, it's it's 
it's pretty easy to add more and more bits and pieces. So, yeah. For a long time, it's been very separate, um, the different um, you know subject mm. areas, and now things are becoming much more blended, and and I'm all for it. Yeah. I I mean, who knows what the future looks like, but I'm I'm hoping that it looks much more um, like interconnected yeah. between curriculums and um, and and hopefully interconnected within different. Uh, different teachers that teach different subjects too. You know, I was just talking to uh, the wellness uh, teacher in my school. I um, I think it was today. Yep. <laughs> no, yesterday. And hey, next year, let's collaborate on some things because she's so uh, interested in the human, human body systems unit that we've been doing. Um, she's been such a great supporter yeah. of it. And I said, let's, let's do some collaboration next year. Um, and it is, and she was like all for it. And I just think it just takes that one question. And I feel like most people want to collaborate and, and, and create curriculum together and bring different subjects together. But it's just a matter of putting it out there. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's, there's so many opportunities to work with other teachers. I think it's for your like middle and secondary schools. There's so much opportunity with like having, I guess, discipline special together and teach together. And it would be really cool if you could have discipline specialists come together and teach together in the same classroom um, in like team teaching. That would be really exciting. So I think, you know, there's so many opportunities in in the way that we teach, regardless of whether you've got like one class all the time or whether you've got one class for an hour and you know, an hour a day, a couple of times a week or whatever. There's so many opportunities to collaborate and do things like across the school. And I think the more that we do stem steam anything like that across the whole school the more the kids get used to it and especially if it goes along with a project-based learning approach because then that initial learning curve of oh this is different and new it sort of becomes you know they're just like used to it by the time they go to the next class oh yeah we're going to be doing a project here so there's so many opportunities in integrating and team teaching and collaboration and all of this kind of thing that comes along with what's you know being essentially falling under this label of stem and steam yeah Oh, it just sounds like the school that we just <laughs> built in our in our conversation yeah. just sounds so amazing. <laughs> sure, it would be absolutely great. <laughs> um, so what would what are you looking to do with your um, PhD? Yeah, sure. If you don't uh, mind so, I mean, this, this is this is interesting because it changes every time I talk to somebody. I'm like, I add little bits and I change little things. <laughs> um, and I'm I'm currently working on my research proposal. Uh, so what I'm planning to do is to bring a uh, so the, the philosophical framework of critical realism um, which I mean I, w- I won't go too far into um, because that you know we'll be here forever um, but bringing that philosophical framework with an ethnography so an ethnography is when you go and embed in a site um, for a prolonged period so it's like you know rather than say like survey research or um, just interviews where you only sort of get a snapshot of of like a little bit of time with ethnography, you go and you stay in a school um, for, a, you know, for, you know, six to 12 months even, uh, and you work with, you collaborate with the people in the site and you sort of, you know, you work with them and you learn about, you know, what's going on with them. And so they sort of, you get to the point where you've got your participants in your research being comfortable to have like an open dialogue with them. Um, and so what I'm hoping to do is to work with a school um, and sort of, I don't know, not 
like provide some support around you know all this STEM stuff and all this project based learning stuff, um, and have you know dialogues with uh, the 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 teachers in that sense, um, and then work with them as they work through. Like again, coming back to those those pressures as they work through those pressures and the kinds of things that they're experiencing, um, and work with them to support the ways that they do that, um, and you know, sort of like get, yeah, I mean, get embedded in a context essentially, um, and and spend time in a school. So that's the that's the aim of the of the research at the moment um, is to sort of get a really deep understanding and explanation of the kinds of things that are happening to teachers and that kind of thing. And and. Then when you have completed your research and um, I'm guessing your goal is to obviously have it published. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yes, <laughs> yes. That's and, then, the goal. and then what do you hope to do once you're a doctor? <laughs> um, I, I really like the idea of uh, like essentially the idea of doing what I plan to do for the PhD because I really like I love consulting and working with teachers and schools um, on whatever problems they're facing and all of that kind of thing. Um, you know, the, interesting. The idea, so, like so, an educational consultant or something, something like that. Yeah, but I, you know, and I really think that it's valuable to take the lessons out of those contexts away and you know, I mean, publish them as as research findings because I think that in a sense, we have a, you know, it's great to have all of these generalizations that, you know, explain certain phenomena and what have you in, in, in a really big way, you know, we know like a thousand kids are, you know, have scored this on a test and that kind of thing is, is important. But what we sometimes miss is in particular sites where, you know, maybe there's some challenges and what have you, we don't get a, like a deep understanding and explanation of, of what's happening in each site. So if I could couple the idea of doing like ethnographic research um, along with the idea of supporting sites to do things in new ways or to, you know, experiment and play with things. That's my ideal role. So I guess kind of like a researcher and kind of like a consultant all at the same time. I mean, it sounds yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's the ideal situation, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> well, I believe that you can do it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, well, you're already so enthusiastic and so, um, you know, just, you can see just by, what we've talked on Twitter and, and even right now, you're just so um, invested in education and that's the kind of person, that's the kind of people that yeah. we need to be able yeah. to, to help make changes and, and help provide the supports and, and the needs that teachers all across the world need in order to continue to be successful. And, yeah, yeah, completely. And I love I love that you're doing this. I'm, I'm honestly, <laughs> I love research. I've always loved it. And, um, I'm such a nerd. I just, there's like, ah, uh, there's nothing greater <laughs> than just like doing a research project and learning something new. <laughs> like, yeah, I yeah, just totally. love it. Couldn't oh God, it's more. just so fun. <laughs> and I know not everyone feels the same way, but there, uh, um, just, so I'm just really interested in, in seeing what your findings are. And I'm yeah. kind of secretly, I secretly kind of wish that you were here so I could be one of your people that you study. <laughs> yeah, no, that would be, that would be really cool. And I, I mean, the, the idea of being able to do, um, do this stuff like globally, uh, is that's also a really exciting and appealing idea. You know, like I really loved being able to talk to people interstate when I did my research and I yeah. talked to quite a few teachers interstate, um, but, you know, getting an international perspective, that would be really very cool. So, so cool. Yeah, I mean, maybe one day in the future. <laughs> All right. Sign me up. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So let's see. This has been quite a great conversation that we've been having. Um, yes. Is there anything else that you would like to touch upon before we wrap up? Let's see. Let's check the list of things. <laughs> um, um, you're I mean, so, if anyone's wondering, Aiden was extremely prepared for this episode and he sent me some amazing talking points and did all, did all my research for me. <laughs> Usually I investigate the person that's coming on and uh, he, he left nothing. He left nothing for me to investigate. <laughs> I like to be prepared. So fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, no, it's just amazing. Um, Oh, oh, philosophy. Sure. Would you like to talk about um, what are some of the philosophical things you've picked up in your research? Yeah. Um, so I think like in in this sense, so I'm, I'm about to, in a couple of weeks, run a session with a group of teachers out in the very far north of South Australia. So in like essentially the, the outback, I suppose, for want of a better uh, explanation. Um on project-based learning. And one of the things that I've been doing in digging around in that space is looking at the the ways that um, the ways that philosophy of like your philosophy of teaching impacts on your practice. Um, because I found this article probably about a week ago that was talking about behaviorism and project-based learning. And I was, you know, in my head, I go, I'm not sure that the, the sort of the theories around behaviorism work well with project-based learning. But then I went, well, hang on, actually, you could pretty much align anything with the tools of a project-based learning approach, you know, so you, like a really teacher-directed classroom still can have project-based learning happening. It's just in a different kind of way to maybe one where, you know, the students lead the learning. So I was thinking, well, you know, if in my ideal, you know, my ideal world um, where we've got a class of, you know, really great and engaged kids and there's no learning problems and, you know, complete hypothetical, but um, <laughs> in, in this context, you know, what is it that I would, you know, I would encourage teachers to think about and, and do with their kids on, you know, at a f educational philosophy level. And so yes. I went back into, you know, into the books um, and I found um, for in South Australia, there was this, um, we had, we've had a, a whole series of really um, thoughtful educators who have written um, you know, lots of pieces over the years about pedagogy and teaching and philosophy. And so one of the ones who uh, I actually did a, wrote a present, helped write a presentation on when I was working for the department um, is a man called Garth Boomer. And he was our um, director general for education. So he was, he was up high up in the education department. But what he spoke about um, teachers who negotiated the curriculum with their students. And he had sort of a like a little bit of an abstract idea about what the curriculum was. Um, but he, he explained that, you know, for him, the ideal teacher was a teacher who would work with their students um, to make really clear with them what it was that they were going to learn, how it was they were going to learn it. And I thought, and he describes this as an educational philosophy. And I thought, you know, that works, that meshes really well for me with the the aims of like a student-led project-based learning because you really have to be so clear because otherwise, you know, kids will take things in really wild directions. And that can be that can be great. But if you've got a set of outcomes that you have to address and your kids have gone off in this other direction and you're like, oh my God, how do I map this? So I think there's sort of like this level of alleviating teachers who really want to, who really feel like they have to be in control so that they can like, you know, cover the curriculum. 
there's like a balance between that and then going off in wild directions. And I think that, you know, a little bit of both has to happen just for it to be practical. Um, and so I was thinking, you know, along these lines um, that, you know, those, that principle, that philosophy of teaching, of explaining to your students, well, here's the, the set things that we have to cover. You know, the state says, or the school says we have to do these things, but here's some of the ways that we could make that interesting. And here's some of the things we can do together. And let's talk about the ways that we can make this happen. So, yeah, I just sort of got thinking about uh, all of these, all of these ways that actually, you know, project-based learning could happen. Um, and so I thought, you know, it's important to think about our philosophy um, and, you know, make it clear to our students what it is that we want to do with them and get from them a picture of what they would ideally like to do. And I think that in some sense would make it easier with that, you know, especially with a transition in, you know, coming from maybe a background where they have no history of doing a project-based learning approach, coming into a classroom, if you can make it really clear with them, well, here's what I like to do, you know, here's my project-based learning principles, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then they can be like, well, we've done lots of, you know, like in the past we've, um, you know, lots of group work or we've done no group work or whatever. You can sort of get a really clear picture up front by being really explicit and really clear about where it is you want to go um, so that's sort of been, that's informing my philosophy of education in conjunction with PBL. So, you know, that's one of my hobbies at the moment is talking about how the, how your philosophy of teaching impacts on the way that you teach. So it's just a, I guess my thought there was, you know, it's a provocation to think about what, what your philosophy of teaching tells you to do, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. I guess I haven't really thought about it that, or thought about it that way lately. Yeah. Just thinking yeah. about my own philosophy of teaching. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> now you've got to go it, sit and ponder it, while you think. I mean, it. I feel like I, I feel like I need to. Mm -hmm. Um, it's I. Hmm. I'm like at a loss of words, but it's so it's very interesting because I feel like without me even really thinking straight, like what is my philosophy? Mm. I feel like I can like look if I look at my classroom from the outside, I feel like I can see my philosophy in action. And exactly. I never really exactly. like sat down and, and thought, all right, this is my teaching philosophy. Yeah. It's just what I do. Yeah. It's what makes yeah. me feel most comfortable. It's what the kids feel comfortable. You know, it's interesting. Mm. I, now I really kind of want to sit down and think about what my philosophy is. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think like, you know, there's, there's a lot, you know, like reflective questions and what have you that can really help yeah. guide that. Um, but I think, you know, it, it is just like, it's a good thing to sort of know or think about um, and to have like an idea about, you know, what it is you think about teaching. And then actually just to, in your own practice, to reflect on that over time, you know, like next year, you know, like you were saying before, you know, you, you're trying to make maths more of a focus in what you're doing. Um, you know, it, it would be really interesting, you know, that's like a curriculum area that you want to cover more. It'd be interesting to see now, you know, let's say you think you think about, you know, the way that you work with the curriculum and the way that you teach, and then in a year, do the same thing again and see how those focuses have changed. So, you know, huh. there's, it's, there's really a great, great deal of power in reflecting on your practice. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And even, even, even like when you're going through um, teacher degree yep, school yep. <laughs> <laughs> um uh but they always say like reflect on how the lesson went and everything yeah. but i mean you're actually doing it and you're actually going through it i don't i don't know if i reflect every single day yeah. or after every single lesson i might think to myself all right what what 
what should I change for next time or what didn't go well or what did go well. But actually sitting down and really reflecting and really thinking about it, I think yeah. it I think it would be really beneficial. And yeah. I wish I wish we had more um, opportunities like of encouragement to actually do that. You know, we have all of these yeah. professional development days. What if we had like a reflection yeah. time? Or yeah, no, that, that would be, that would be really cool. Um, it's, I mean, like it is, it's one of those things that's like with all the pressures that are going on for teachers, it's like, where do you find time to sit there and think about how it is you've teaching, how it is you're teaching, how that lesson went, all of that kind of thing. Like it's, it's a hard thing to squeeze in, but I think it's really beneficial. Even if, you know, like you said, just like while you're driving home, you just sort of have a think about, how the day went and the, I mean, which you do anyway, but you know, how it is that you interacted with the kids and what you might want to do differently and what they might want to do differently. And, you know, all of these kinds of questions and perhaps you could even set up, I guess you could sort of set up with yourself in your, you know, in your commute or whatever, um, a little bit of time to go, you know, run through a mental checklist of some of the things that, you know, have come up for you through the day. And then you can sort of work yeah. on this working theory of, well, here's my philosophy for teaching. Here's my philosophy for curriculum, you know, and all that kind of thing. So, yeah. I mean, I think this conversation has been amazing. I really have enjoyed talking with you and (laughs) I've always loved chatting with you on Twitter. You're definitely one of my favorite Twitter friends, but actually (laughs) talking with you in person, I I don't really want the conversation to end, but I do think (laughs) that at some point we probably should end this episode. Um, but is there anything else that you want to talk about or, um, just want to put out there to the universe? Yeah. I mean, I think quickly, like, I mean, my last, the last thing that I had on my, my little list was the industry engagement thing. Um, and, and I just, you know, I, there is something that I can really take away from that quickly. And that's that. So one of my, like, I've been part-time research assistant to a project at Flinders uh, and we've been getting pre-service teachers so teachers in training to go and visit industries that are doing STEM work so that they can sort of see what it is that happens in schools um, sorry in industries so that they can take it into schools and that that process has been really informative for me because it's like I've been like literally calling up like cold calling industries in South Australia of which there's not a huge deal um, but you know there's, there's some, and we've found, you know, quite a number and they're all so cooperative and they're all like, yes, you know, we really want to get into schools. We really want to support teachers. We really want to do more of this. And and in fact, we'd love if, if our, we could get kids to come out and see what it is that we do because they see just like many teachers think, you know, well, I wish my kids could see what would, how this applies in the real world. Cause it's one of the big questions that we get all the time. Right. Is, well, when am I ever going to use this? You know, yes. Oh, I know. <laughs> that's it. So it's like, um, they, you know, the industries are seeing that and they're going, yes, come, come and visit and come and see what we're doing. So, uh, I, you know, I think my sort of my parting message about it is find if you've got someone near you um, that you could, you know, like someone that you could get to come in or an industry that you could like take your kids to and visit. It's like absolutely it's totally worth just giving them a call and seeing if they're interested in like working with you because I've found overwhelmingly for South Australia that we've got a whole lot of really keen industries that really want to engage with um, young people and with teachers so you know it's worth a shot. Oh, I, I mean, just when, just for the unit, unit that I've been um, working on with the kids, the human body systems unit, I've, I put it out there into the universe. I put it out there in email to all my parents. Um, I put it out on Twitter. I said, anyone 
would like that would like to come and talk to the kids about anything that has to do with medicine or the human body, anything at all, like let me know and um, we will make it happen. Yeah. And I had so I had probably every other week I had a different um, visitor for this unit and this unit has been really yeah. long because um, <laughs> yeah. of the human body systems. Yeah, it's huge. <laughs> um, and it's, it's been so incredible and the kids have loved it. They come, they come in and they're like, who's going to be our special visitor today. <laughs> and it's been amazing. I've had um, uh, a doctor, nurses in several different um, fields. We Skyped with a scientist um, from Florida, which is, um, like on the bottom of our country. So like much farther, way farther away than we could ever like travel or have someone come visit. So that yeah, was really amazing. Awesome. And, and that scientist we actually found through, I actually found through the Skype a scientist program. Yeah, so cool. if anyone um, wants to Skype with it really, it's literally any type of scientist you can um, sign up for and and hopefully have someone to connect with. Um, so that was amazing. And, and I just put it out there and, and the amount of people that have just overwhelmingly said, yes, absolutely. What can I do? Um, yeah. It was just so great. And it's definitely something that I want to incorporate more and more. And, and just the power of Twitter, the power of just sending an email yeah. or just asking and um, you probably wouldn't guess, but I am a relatively like shy person. I don't like asking people for things and you would never guess cause I'm on here, here I'm on a <laughs> podcast, but, um, just, I would tell myself, okay, um, you can send that email, you can ask and, uh, and I'm, you, you know, you're doing it for the kids. It's going to make their their like academic life and their education just that much better, and um, and provide them an opportunity that they might not um, have. And and it's definitely forced me out of my like little like shy shell and to to ask yeah. people to come in, and and I've loved it. And it's just ah, it's just so amazing. And yeah. um, and I think it's just made such a huge impact on the kids and hopefully it's turned some of them on to, to different types of um, careers or, or helped them realize that, Oh, this is a field that I could go into, or this is a field that I'm definitely not going into. <laughs> like, like a few of the kids were like, well, we don't want to be a doctor because we really don't like blood. <laughs> well, maybe that's not the type of scientist that you'll be someday. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe you'll change your mind. Please don't change. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so I'm glad that you brought this up before we close out the episode because I completely agree. So many um, industries and so many people want to connect with yeah. schools and, and students, but they just, they're waiting for that phone call or they just don't know how to connect. And, and even today I had sent out just a funny conversation that I had with one of um, a few of my students about um, the local radio station that I love. And I tweeted it out to them and they responded back with, how can we like come visit your classroom and talk about yeah. broadcasting? Yeah, awesome. And I was like, Oh my God, like, let's, Let's do this. It's just, it's been so amazing. Um, just the yeah. response from, from people, they just, they want to 
talk about the amazing things that they do and what makes their career, like why, why they love their career. Just like on my podcast, I have people come on to like you to talk about why you love STEM or what it is that you're doing that you love so much that you want to tell other people about it. I mean, that's the whole point of this podcast to help spread the word. So um, definitely if anyone's listening and is on the fence and needs that reassurance that you can do that, you can send an email or send that tweet and invite people do it because it'll it'll definitely change your um your classroom for the the better and and help your kids grow even more and as um and me like it helps me grow as an educator so anyway i feel like i just went on a very long rant about industry engagement but <laughs> no it's no it's really good and it's it's so good like that you're passionate about it too um and that you know like i think that's the thing it's like it feels like such a big barrier you know i know like, i got a job doing this and it's like yeah i felt so i was like so nervous about like calling these industries and talking to these people and actually they're just as enthusiastic as you are so um yeah i mean i completely agree with everything that you just said oh so, thanks yeah, aiden that's no, really good <laughs> um yeah it is just um on like another little note um when I, a few people have asked like, how come you've had so many visitors or um, like, you know, why, why do you have so many people coming in? And simply, well, they're, that's their career. They're the experts. So I'm, I mean, why not have the experts come in and tell them, tell the kids about what they do and, and teach the kids from their expert um, point yeah. of view. And, and that's what they've focused their, their life on. So might as well have them come in, come and do the teaching for the day right yeah 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 share their knowledge and share what they've learned yeah it's it's great yep <laughs> yeah um well this has been amazing i have really really enjoyed myself talking with you and i feel like i'm gonna be way too amped and motivated to uh, go to bed right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, oh, well, thank you so much for having me on. It's been like a, it's been really good for me too. It's yeah. Been a great conversation. This so, has yeah, been awesome. So it's funny because the roles are kind of, or like the the time is kind of reversed. Usually, um, when we talk, it's primary STEM chat, and like I'm yeah. like motivated <laughs> for the day, and now like yeah. it's my nighttime and it's your morning. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is pretty cool. But yeah. So, um, Aiden, how about telling? the listeners how to get in touch with you um maybe um give your twitter handle or, or whoever you want to um to have any contact if anyone's looking sure. to further the conversation with you yeah sure um so you can find me on twitter i'm at aiden cornelius so a-i-d-a-n-c-o-r-n-e-l-i-u-s all one word um, and I also have a website where I'm sort of blogging infrequently, um, which is stemtl.net. So S-T-E-M-T-L.net. So that's where you can find me. And please contact me if you have any questions about anything that I've talked about or just, yeah, want to have a conversation. And um, for anyone that's looking to um, get in touch with me, I'm on Twitter um, at steamuptheclsrm. And uh, my website is steamuptheclassroom.com. And I will put all of Aiden's contact info and his website on steamuptheclassroom.com as well. So you can uh, find his info there. So thank you so much, Aiden. This has been amazing. And I'm really glad that you, uh, you and I connected through Primary STEM Chat and we've become STEM friends. Yeah, me too. It's been great. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, thank you everyone for listening until next time.